Craft Beer Radio, episode 238 on February 16th, 2013. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. I'm Greg Wise. I'm Nicki Minaj. I mean Jeff Bear. And we were doing boom, boom, boom because of all the meteors, so we thought it was a nice segue into our stout show. If you haven't gone on YouTube and listened to some of the shockwaves from the meteor, you do need it. to stop listening to us right now and do that. Yeah. It is stunning. All right. So, yeah, we've got some beers here. We're going to drink them. <laughs> it's about as simple as that. This isn't a complex podcast. No. <laughs> Very simple premise. And there's not many twists and turns along the way. We do pretty much the same thing every week. <laughs> Out of Bound Stout from Avery Brewing Company. Avery, of course, in Boulder, Colorado. This is an American stout that is hopped with bullion and sterling hops. It is malted with two-row barley, roasted barley, black, caramel 120, carapolis, and wheat. Uh, original gravity 1.065, alcohol by volume 6.3%. IBUs, it's pretty much a uh, Colorado beer, 51 IBUs. Pretty high for a stout. So this has won the 1997 Colorado State Fair, first place stout. 1997 Colorado State Fair, best of show. 1996 Colorado State Fair, third place stout. 1995 Westward's best local microbrew. This is a while ago. And 94 Great American Beer Fest gold medal. Uh, Since then, there's been, I guess, more competition. Right, right. The um, Out of Bounds is referring to ski slopes. There's a double black diamond that says experts only on the label. Mm -hmm. So I guess we're qualified to drink this. I hope so. They're not afraid to use a ton of roasted barley and a mountain of hops. Pour is a... Well, what's the highest in SRM? 36? That's pretty much this. It's black. Very black, yes. You can hold up the light and you can see... A little bit of light coming through the bubbles. It's not as opaque as like a milk stout. But yeah, but it's, it's the next best thing. Mm-hmm. It's almost there. It is just plain old dark. It's got about a half a finger's worth of a very minuscule head. That's a very tannish. It's a very nice aroma. It has a bit oh, yeah. of, you know, it's it's obviously roasty and chocolatey, but it, it's just a very luscious. It, there's a little bit of of sweetness in there, so it's almost like a. a I hesitate to say milk chocolate, but it's something reminiscent of that, or, you know, there's a bit of cream in there or something like that. It has a, it's not just a a tannic or astringent, you know, roast. There's a nice sweetness in there, too. There's a little, maybe, if they ever made a barley ice cream, I mean, it definitely smells like barley tea, but with a little bit of a creaminess to it. So that's why I say barley ice cream. If you swirl it up, I think I'm smelling a little bit of hops, but really the... The aroma is best when you're smelling that that great rosy and chocolateness from now. The, Sterling, I've heard of it. Bullion hops. Have you heard of those? Bullion, yeah, I've heard of them. I don't know much about their characteristics or anything, but I assume I've you, heard of them. you put them into some water and you make <laughs> hops too, <laughs> or you can find them when you're raiding sunken pirate ships, one or the other. Mm. The hop flavor. It's a little more pronounced. You know, that's one of the first things I noticed. And then actually the roast came after the hop flavor for me. It's, it's got a significant roast character to it, though. I like it. It's mm-hmm. got yeah, it's got that um, almost uh, almost burned pancake kind of flavor to the to the roast. Mm-hmm. So it's just, just black, but not quite, you know, gone over. 
but it's got you know sort of a sweetness to it, a little bit of a mapley sweetness mm-hmm. that I associate with pancakes. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Is the the maple? It, it's hardly like a beer with maple or something like you know the, like the autumn maple or something that the brewery makes. But there is a little bit going on there. It's a good it's a good call for sure. If you notice anything different tonight, we are broadcasting in stereo for the first time only. And uh, got a new soundboard, and it allows us to pan our voices a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. And I know some some of your finer podcasts like to do that, so you can differentiate who's talking. Um, we thought we'd give it a try. If it sticks, it sticks. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We got the new soundboard because our last one was kind of on its last legs, and you may have heard in the last couple episodes some weird noise artifacts. We believe it came from the soundboard. So we got the new one, and uh, it's a it's a nice piece of equipment. Doesn't have all those fancy vocal effects that we used no. to play with back in the 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 aughts and the teens of our show. But we'll, we'll talk about this later in the show. But it came from you, you the listener, the royal you. <laughs> this is nice. I really am digging this. You know, it has a great. It's really hard to put more different vocabulary for me to to the rose. It, it's really comforting. It reminds me of you know some of my favorite porters and stouts. You know, when I'm drinking this, I'm like, I'm thinking of like Great Lakes Edmund Fitzgerald. You know, just the ones that are just really comfortable and just just oh. It's got a little bit of of the hoppiness there that's dis- making it distinct from some of the ones that I mm-hmm. would consider. Uh, the, the absolute classics, and you know, it doesn't taste particularly English. It doesn't have uh, really a caramel edge to it, mm-hmm. but it does. It does have nice. It does have a nice sort of sit back and, and let it waft over you quality, which is which is what I the do hops, appreciate. The hops are very interestingly used, right? Because while they're not non-existent, they're also not being belligerent or anything like mm-hmm. that. You know, it's a really good use of the hops. They're there, but it's not like oh, that's a weird use of hops in a stout. You know, it, it feels comfortable. Okay. It does. It feels comfortable. It feels like, I mean, this has obviously been around for a long, long time. This is, they they, they got their, they know exactly what they want to do with, this, with, with the hops, how they want the hops to be in the beer, and they made sure that that's the way it works all the time. I'm sure there's obviously some seasonal variety as the hops are different, but this is still, it's, it's, it's just, it, it's really well done, but... I don't know if it if it fits on there with like my top style simply mm-hmm. because it's just it, while while it's really well done it it doesn't quite have the all the notes that I that I really love mm-hmm. it has good good notes to it though I'm not throwing it away or anything I'm enjoying it I'm getting some some interesting nuances here I'm gonna throw some things at you that really sound kind of out of bounds if you will this is the out of bounds stout mm-hmm. I'm getting two things um, like kelper seaweed a little bit of that. And I'm getting like flower petals or like chrysanthemum or something like that. I mean, the two of those kind of flavors, kind of kind of aroma and flavor. I can accept those two. I the kelp especially, or or seaweed, one of the two. Yeah, They're, they are slightly different things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think of. So maybe it's almost a bit of because the, the most experience that we have with seaweed, besides as an additive to certain things, is really like at sushi place when they have seaweed salad, mm-hmm. and that has a lot of sesame in it. Okay. So I'm wondering if there's some sesame quality that's coming out. Mm, okay, and you know that's a toasted, you know, so you could see how some of those mm-hmm. um, 
caramelized sugars and, and a melanoid formation could, you know, make more sense in a beer than seaweed. <laughs> so maybe that's the way I'm being drawn there. So yeah, because because when I think of it, and I try to, uh, I, I try to push it towards the you know it's the sesame paste that they use in hummus. Mm. Sorry, tahini. Tahini. There's a little bit of that factor. I think that's okay. where the hops bring it. Uh, so yeah, I, I would say sesame is probably the the thing that's coming out that's making you think of seaweed and maybe rose petals along the way. Okay. Or flower petals, but that, the flower petals I'm not quite getting as much as I am. Definitely some sort of sesame character. Gotcha. It's interesting. I wonder if the if the carapolis mod has anything to do with it too. Carapolis or carapils? Carapils. Okay. He said carapolis. I'm like, I think he means carapils, but carapils. I'm not positive on that. All right. Are you ready to go into the next? Yes. Book? Okay. Sorry, I'm trying to do trying to do production work here and uh, and do post the show at the same time. Okay. So moving. All the way from California to Chicago. I'm sorry, uh, not California. Colorado Colorado to Chicago. Revolution Brewing. This is their Rise Stout. Rise American Stout has a Fist of Fury type, I don't know, what do you call it? Protest fist? That's that's the brewery logo. Yeah. Yeah, Every one of the tap handles is a big, mean fist. They have a lot of... I mean, their, their artwork, their scheme is very propagandized, very, you know, Soviet Union. Revolution brewing, right? So. Yep. Excuse me, 7.1% alcohol by volume. Another high IBU, 55 IBUs. It is loaded with Amarillo and Chinook hops. It won the 2012 World Beer Cup gold. It is brewed in Chicago. Oh. They, they, <laughs> you like that? <laughs> or at least that you notice that, huh? There is a, a mountain of hops. The other label said mountain of hops, but this one has, this has like IPA type aroma going on. Yeah, this is, it smells almost Cascade-like, but this is Amarillo and Chinook, so I'm expecting it to be a little more dank in the flavor. And I, I just started to detect a little bit more dankness. Yeah, the, the Chinook, you know, you could expect you know, some kind of piney type character in there and uh yeah amarillo can give you different things but it, it's definitely more of the vegetal you know plant plant essence can yeah. lean if you if you over accentuate it can lean a bit towards ammonia yeah there's definitely and now actually it's getting a little more fruity as i smell it you know it smells like a pithy orange yeah, you know, but that's like the main aroma. This is a stout, right? And you, yeah. you're thinking you're smelling an IPA. If you were blindfolded, you, you wouldn't guess the color, I don't think. Another really dark one, but no, this is... Or if you were simply told, you know, even if you saw this, you weren't told it was stout, you might think, oh, this is a dark IPA. Mm-hmm. You definitely think that. And it's getting a little more citrusy as I smell it. You know, it's not as quite as, um, you know... Uh, the one tell might be the head. The head's a little... It's, it's got that sort of viscous quality to the head. Very, very hoppy in the flavor. A lot of, lot of orange. Tangerine. 
kind of a perfumey orange too. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It works well with the stout. You know, they're not really conflicting or anything like that. They work well together. Yeah, this the, the yeah, stout it's not is very roasty. But the stout is definitely a background element here. The hops are what's mm-hmm. being thrust in front of you. So, whereas the last one I think was was definitely sort of a interesting melange of hops and stout and roasty stout flavors. This one is really okay. The stout's going to be a, a base platform for showing off these hops, and I think it's you know, that's interesting. Again, I I like when. When breweries do this, when they when they take something and they turn it into something different, I just don't know whether that's necessarily what what I'm looking for when I'm looking for a stout because I can get hops any time I want. So the question is, is the stout the best platform for hops? Is it the best platform? No, obviously it's not the best platform. We're all IPAs, double IPAs would be based on stouts, right? This is very well done. This is probably one of my best India pale stouts that I've had. You know, it's it's really good. I'm enjoying this. It doesn't really taste like they crammed an IPA into a stout. You know, it feels like it was well made. You know, it doesn't feel like it was forged together. I still need to do a couple more sips to really see if I can if I can agree with that. While you're working on the sips, let me do some plugs. As you may know, we have a renewed focus to, we want to get to the Great American Beer Fest this year. So we are, we're begging, we're pleading, and we're just gently asking. We have some things up on our website. You can go and subscribe to the show. That's an automated PayPal withdrawal, and you can pick your rate. You can do as little as $12 a year. You could do $2 a month, $4 a month, or much more if you choose can leave us a one-time donation and we have our amazon affiliate store if you go to craftbeerradio.com slash amazon anything you buy on that session we'll get a referral fee for and um you guys are starting to use this you know we got um you know a fair amount of stuff done since we started promoting this and uh it's turning into real money that we're going to be able to use to get to Great American Beer Fest. So. And or buy new mixers. Buy more mixers. Well, hopefully this mixer lasts another yes. seven years. What do you think? I hope so. Uh, or more. Um, so you can go to our website, craftbeerradio.com, and you can find all those options. We also have referral affiliate links for Midwest Brewing Supply and for bluehost.com if you're looking for website hosting. Again, if you want the Amazon thing, I set up a little redirector, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. All you have to remember. Go there instead of amazon.com. Back to the beer. It's... It feels too separate to me. I know you were saying you, you felt like it was a good integration. I, I, I don't. I think that I, I it feels like there's just sort of this hop juice on top of a kind of bland stout. Uh, that's, okay. That doesn't... I'm trying to think how to reply, right? I mean, the stout really... What is the stout bringing to the party? And would this be better if it wasn't based on, built on top of a stout, right? Yeah. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Sort of. Uh. Yeah, I... I mean, well, I, I'm definitely asserting that to highlight th- these particular hops and the way they're trying to do it, the stout was not the best method. So, okay, so you're, you know, instead of calling this a kind of bland stout, what if you call this a black IPA? Would you like it better if you were trying to fit it into a black IPA box? Let's see. You know, because let's not poop yeah. a beer because we yeah. don't like what they call no, it, I'm, right? No, I'm taking a step with that in mind. And if I were thinking of this as a black IPA, I probably would like it more. I think if I'm coming at it from a stout direction, 
I'm expecting certain things out of a stout. Right. And if I'm coming at it from an IPA direction, yeah, you know, certain things I expect out of an IPA, I'm definitely getting here. Certain things I expect out of a stout, not so much. Right. Okay, so it was just expectation, I think. Yes. You know, so again, you know, do we judge the beer on, you know, they didn't enter it into any competition, right? They say, yes, they did. 2012 yeah. World Beer Cup won gold. I don't know For, what category. Well, yeah. Um, it does say American Stout on the label. If you're going in with your expectations, it's going to be an American Stout. Excuse me. Along the lines of... Of course, I can't think of any world-class American Stouts. How about Outer Bound Stout from Avery Brewing Company, right? Um, you're, Very different beer. You're not gonna, it's, it may not meet your expectations. If you go in thinking it's going to be a black IPA, like, you know, Sublimely Self-Righteous, or, you know, something along those lines, I, I think you'll... You'll say, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Oh, yeah, this is pretty good. You may even think mm, it's got a more thick mouthfeel than I'm used to, mm-hmm. which is where the stout part comes in. But I think if you called this a black IPA, I wouldn't bat an eye at that. Right. So this well, this is a black IPA. Here, let me get the Sharpie out, and I'll fix the label so you like it better. All right, that was good. I like that. They say they use pale ale malt as the base, along with English roasted barley and dark chocolate malt. You so, can do that, and you, you can make an IPA with that easily, just by playing with the ratios. Well, sure. Right. But most stouts are mostly pale malt. You don't, yeah. you don't use, like, 50% roast barley or chocolate malt to make a stout. You just use a small, you know, it's like 5% or less, right? So, I mean, technically what they're saying is true for stout and for an IPA with just an inkling of roast barley. If you don't put the ratios on there, you really don't know. All right, so now we have two collaborations from Hop and Frog, and they're kind of twins, or at least siblings. We got the... What's this? We got a chocolate Frog? rye and yeah. a chocolate wheat. Yeah. Neither contain chocolate. Um... Let's do the wheat first. Okay, well, one is two of three and one is three of three. Three of three is the wheat one. I guess we'll do it in order. Let's do the rye yeah, one. Okay. Too bad we don't have one of three. Yeah, we don't, unfortunately. So this is... Which one is this? This which is uh, Natasha Rocks. Okay, so Natasha Rocks is... Natasha Rocks America. Rasha, Natasha Rocks America, which they brewed with... Uh, what's the brewery? Fanyo Brojas. <laughs> right. Fanobroyas. Uh Hop and Frog's in Akron, Ohio. Where's they, the other one, Greg? Quick, quick, quick. Well, it's got to be Norway, right? It's um, Denmark, rather. Denmark, Norway. They both have the same. They use a similar <laughs> alphabet. Uh, this is classed as a chocolate rye imperial stout. 7.5% alcohol by volumes. 55 IBUs. And it is a special seasonal. Hmm. Trying to do some quick searching on Fenobrios. Fano Island in Denmark. Specifically how to pronounce the name. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, this is nice. So their website is uh, not 
in English, which, you know, you really can't fault them since they're not an English brewery. But, look, they're, um, oh, it changed. They have this little flash thing up in front, and the side panel of it said, uh, lorem ipsum. You know, like the Latin, you know, the, the stuff that, like, just, unless, maybe it's really in use, but it's almost like, you know, that stock text you get in a template. You know where you ever see that? No, you've never seen. No that? idea what you're talking about. So, if you want to create something and just put it in stock text, right? There is this pre-made paragraph that's Latin. It, it starts with lorem ipsum, and it's just all this stuff, and it, it just fills out the page like regular text, but it's just Latin nonsense, or at least to people who don't speak Latin, it's Latin nonsense. Uh-huh. And I love, yeah, right here it says, "Oh, it, it changed already." Anyway, maybe <laughs> maybe it's actually appropriate, and lorem ipsum is. In context there. How do you spell it? L-O-R-E-M-I-P-S-U-M. If you search for that, you'll find like paragraphs and paragraphs of this stuff just to paste into your templates. In publishing and graphic design, lorem ipsum is placeholder filler text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, smelling this one. Smells a little... little fun- um, Phenolic or acetone? Yeah, there's something that smelled kind of... Now, this is the rye one, so keep that in mind. The rye is going to be pretty spicy, too, but I don't think that's the rye I'm smelling. And I'm getting kind of... We've, uh, we've, it's starting to feel like I'm. It's you're really rolling the dice buying hot, expensive hop and frog beers. <laughs> Remember when we bought Doris the Destroyer and it was completely ruined? Yes. The next, the next sip or next uh, smell I got was that was chocolate. There's some roast there. The question is, is it is it going to be overpowered by an infection of some sort? The answer is yes. I'm trying to make sure that's not rye, because it could be. Or it could be a little bit of both. If if that's rye, then it's rye that tastes a lot like no, acetone. Yeah, an acetone infection. So why would you want that in your beer? Yeah. Do we have a date? How old is this? We don't have a date. This is a bummer. I like Hop and Frog when I, their beers are fresh, but I'm starting to get screwed by on a regular basis by buying Hop and Frog beers. Uh, yeah, I, I was one who bought them. Oh. <laughs> yes, but I bought a bunch at the yeah. brewery, you know, and there was a couple of those. Like the Doris the Destroyer was, I paid like you know twenty five, twenty seven dollars for that one, and, yeah. and you couldn't even finish it. It was horrible. All right, I'll pour this out. Yeah. And we're going to go on to its uh, sibling. The Chocolate Wheat Imperial Stout contains no chocolate. This was a collaboration with Amager, or Emiger, Bruegas. They're in Denmark. So this is 8% alcohol by volume. And... The commercial description is in Danish, so I don't know what to tell you about it other than it's another very black beer. A wheated. A wheated. Stout. 
Uh-oh. Well, so was the out-of-bounds stout. That was off, had some wheat in it. Well, I'm hoping a wheat stout has a lot of wheat in it. It doesn't smell acetony, so that's that's pleasant. Um, that we're not going to have to chew the taste equally bad. Oh no, I still I'm smelling something off. Let me smell yours. That smells fine. You don't, you don't smell that? That smells that smells like acetone to me. No, I don't smell acetone. I I, I think I smell a little. Um, if anything, I'm smelling like a little gummy, like oatiness or something like that. We'll see. Gummy goatiness. Oat. 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 Gooey. The the gooeyness of oat, of oat stouts and things like that. I guess it could be along those lines. Yeah, so the aroma isn't too roasty or anything. I'm not getting anything that's like grassy or wheat, but, you know... Maybe with an awful, awful lot of wheat. You know, thinking along lines of like Three Floyd's Oat Goop or something like that. Or not Oat Goop. Yeah, but... Yeah, I guess I'm... Never mind, that's not a lot of wheat, that's a lot of oats. But it does smell like an oatmeal stout or something like that. You know, that's kind of what I'm smelling. That that sliminess, that slickness, that that kind of gelatinous. Make a bowl of oatmeal and take a sniff, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Hmm. And now I'm getting a little more spiciness on the aroma, almost like uh, a hopping of some sort, um, maybe a continental hop, you know, a spicy hop. Ugh. I don't know. Something just smells off on this. It just smells to me like... Hmm. I, I can't penetrate past whatever that is that I'm smelling and I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not finding anything really objectionable. I just took two sips. It's a, it's a, it's a nice flavor. It's 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 hard to describe because it's not really. How many wheat stouts have I had to really work a vocabulary against? Not too many. So, let's see. What do we have going on here? The wheat doesn't come across grassy, and maybe that's because of the roast barley or something like that. Hmm. Not even like a not even like a Dunkelweiss. I th- I think that rye beer just just threw me off. I I'm having a hard time. Drink, drink the rest of your water and go back to yeah. before you go back to the beer. Okay. You know, you know, try to cleanse that palate because I'm not finding anything too. Unless I'm missing it, uh, this beer doesn't taste spoiled to me. This one tastes fine. It, did, it didn't taste spoiled, but I was just having a hard time picking out things. It, it for some reason when I had all that rye just or had that uh, that acetone just kind of threw off all my gauges and I can't. <laughs> quite recalibrate them. You got to reboot. It does seem like an oatmeal stout. Let's start there. That that's my first mile post. It's like an oatmeal stout, but it doesn't really have the the full slick mouth feel. It just kind of has the oat flavor to it. It uh me you know, a light light roast flavor. It's not a really big roast flavor like nothing like the out of bounds. Even though, I guess, the more I talk, the more the volatiles are coming up my throat, coming up my mouth, it's getting a little more roasty. I'm sorry, I'm useless now. That's okay. That's okay. I'll carry it. I'll, I'll, we'll grab another beer to finish on a high note. How about that? Okay, that, I, that was the last scheduled beer of the night, but we'll go grab another one. But let me... Uh, 
Let me work on this just a little bit more. The one thing I, I can pick out a little bit is nutmeg, but it's not it's not saying much. Maybe maybe some hazelnut. There's something nutty there. I just got a really, really big nose full of. I don't know if you were implanting, you know, thoughts in my head, but I got like a big spicy potpourri blast in the nose, just sniff, like doing a gentle swirl and a sniff. I got a whole bunch, a lot more spiciness. That's, the flavor doesn't. I'm not getting any kind of spice in the flavor. At least I haven't been. But you know, Greg's feeding my subconscious with nutmeg and things, and I smell and I smell dried flowers and and spices and and cinnamon and all kinds of stuff. All of a sudden, I'm tasting more hops than anything right now. I'm tasting. <laughs> I am so impressionable because now I'm tasting like Simcoe hops or something like yeah. that. Like a fruity, like a, a peach or a, a tangerine type hop is what I'm tasting now. As soon as Greg says hops, I'm tasting that. I'm just, I guess I'm super impressionable tonight. It does smell hoppier now. I guess, you know, it's just <laughs> evolving. There was a real, I tweeted it earlier today. Um, on point, you know, the podcast or the, the radio show on NPR, Tom Ashbrook hosted out of Boston. Um, he had, uh, did a show on, uh, an hour on whiskey and it was pretty good. I'd recommend you guys, if you guys like bourbons and whiskeys at all, go check it out. It's, it's, uh, it's, it was informative. He has good hosts and Tom Ashbrook is always prepared, but I don't think Tom Ashbrook drinks, at least he doesn't drink spirits. So like... You know, it was also funny because he was very, very clear that he wasn't getting drunk on the show. He's like, I'm just taste just enough to tip on my tongue, you know. It was so funny <laughs> listening to it. So I highly recommend that podcast. It was uh, Friday's uh, hour two of um, On Point Radio. Oh man, it's 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 really tough. There's actually a little bit of bubblegum character that I'm getting that I'm getting in here. There's, and I don't know where that's coming from because this is not going to use a mm-hmm. uh, half a wheat yeast or anything. So bubblegum, you, you, you don't know, you don't know. They might bubblegum slash cotton candy. I mean, they could use you know a German wheat yeast to, to ferment it. I wouldn't think that would behave very well with the roast flavors. Yeah, but but. That's just, that's just, uh, you know, me just talking, you know, I've, I've never done the experiments. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm not really getting any kind of, you know, Hefeweizen type flavors off of it. If, you know, if I wasn't told, if I didn't read that this is a wheat stout, I don't think I would have picked the no, wheat out at all. No, I, I know either. I just, but that, that, that's just a flavor that I got. I don't know why mm-hmm. I got it. Like I said, I'm not expecting to get that flavor from this just because it's got wheat in it doesn't mean I expect it to be anything like that. So, yeah, I, I think it's like I said, just my mm-hmm. my wires getting crossed by the other beer and, and everything being. Right. Now, this one shaken. is. I mean, I it's hard for, it's hard for me to really describe a lot, but drinking wise, it it's perfectly acceptable to drink. You know, it's I don't want my hesitance or silence to to speak too negatively. It, it's good. It's just it's really hard to talk about for me. 
It's one of those ones, again, you don't really develop a vocabulary for weeded stouts, so I'm just trying to talk around it. I, of- I don't know. I, I think that there is, I think we're seeing an, an issue with Hop and Frog in general in that the ones that are bad have gone bad significantly, and the ones that aren't bad can sometimes kind of defy description a little bit. And I'm wondering whether that's that's not saying some poor things about the brewery. I mean, shelf stability and quality control are are big things. You know, even Boris the Crusher. You know, they're gold medal winning per stout. I've had some that have been amazing. You know, you know, transcendent, and other ones have been like, eh, mm-hmm. eh. So yeah, I mean, it's just, and I don't think some of that can be accounted to just the day of the week. You know, my palate, but I can't think all of it can be. I think that you know, there's definitely some consistency ups and downs. It's a shame. You know, they're a relatively close brewery. They make some pretty good beers. Um, but we, we usually get them in places that handle beer very well. Yeah. You're spinning. <laughs> the more the more I hop and frog I taste, especially recently, the more I think you're playing, you're spinning the chamber, pulling the trigger, and hopefully you get a good one. Yeah. It, it's almost not worth the risk at some of the price tags that they charge. You know, these some of these bombers, their rare beers are, you know, close to 30 bucks. And you're going to spend that on something that might be an acetone bomb? It's 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 hard to do that. I I agree, and it's unfortunate because yeah, I mean I, I think that we've had some some brews from Hop and Frog that's really good, but I you know this one it's it's just it, it's okay, but that's it. It's just okay. There's nothing fantastic about it. There's nothing I can point to and say, wow, you're going on an experience with this beer. You, there, I can't pull particular flavors out of this I, I can try and strain right. but I can't find them right. now we should say that both the beers tonight were only nine ninety nine. they weren't $30 mm-hmm. beers so but like you can't compare it to last week you compare it to some of the beers we had last week and no these don't hold a candle that, that Jolly Pumpkin from last well, I'm week not even, I'm not even no, no, I'm, just, I'm just as an aside I'm still thinking back to that like oh my god that was so good yeah but I mean, even like the three one two was you know had more definition to it. It felt like a it felt like a more clear statement. And this is just kind of a muddled. I mean, it, it, it's okay, it's drinkable, but it, it, it's kind of a muddled mess. I don't know what the heck it's trying to to be. I don't. I don't feel it. I just feel like okay, this is an alcoholic drink. I don't feel like this is something that I crafted for you. I'm just trying to look. They actually have a lot of info on the label here, but it's a it's a narrative about Hop and Frog went to Emager or Amager in Copenhagen, and they brewed um, Frog Hops to Amager, which was a chocolate wheat imperial stout to satisfy all the senses. And um, I want to see if they really bring this back around to this beer. Yeah, their website doesn't have anything about these particular beers, so I'm I'm curious. I the only information I got was from like Rate Beer, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, some you you know, I really don't want to fault a brewery for making beer and not updating their web page. <laughs> but well, you're right. No, I, I I'm not going to fault a brewery for their web page, but I am going to fault a brewery for the beers they make. Well, sure. And and I'm 
I can't say I'm a believer anymore in Hop and Frog. I'm more skeptical than anything else now when a Hop and Frog beer comes out. Now, I would say, you know, especially with the risk, you know, buying these one-offs. However, you know, their their pumpkin beer this past fall was my favorite pumpkin beer of the season. It was outstanding. So, you know, with... Uh, there's always the opportunity of big reward, I guess, but there's also the opportunity of going bankrupt. So we're going to pause, pick out one more beer, so Greg can end on a not-so-negative note. Hopefully. Hopefully. And uh, we'll be right back in about no seconds. And, and we are we're back. back. Southern Tears Iniquity is what we have to end the night. This is an Imperial Black Ale, 9% alcohol by volume. It is... Okay. That's it. Uh, it contains wheat, so there you go. And they don't give me any other information about it, other than uh, four varieties of hops, two types of malt. But they won't tell me which ones. That's okay. I mean, I get it. But come on, guys, open up. Okay, that smells much better. I'm much happier with the aroma that's coming off of that. That's an interesting aroma. It smells... I was thinking, you know, those pancakes you were talking about earlier, I thought mm-hmm. I smelled big pancake this time. Second sniff wasn't quite pink, you know, big pancakes. Sorry about that, guys. I just poured that right into the microphone. Some of our extra water. Okay, gingerbread, actually, yes. Okay, maybe that's what I was thinking. Some good words to put to my smells. Hmm. Maybe slightly biscuity, but mostly gingerbread. Probably have to warm this up a lot. Yeah, this was just... This came out of the fridge. (laughs) So So we're going to wrap our hands around the... um, We're drinking these out of our favorite Spiegelau snifters. Well, they say serving temperature is 42 degrees Fahrenheit. Bowl. (laughs) It's cold right now. It's probably around 42 degrees. Yeah. If you're looking, if you're thinking, where can I get Spiegelau glasses? These wonderful glasses that Craft Beer Radio loves so much. We did our, we did our commercial. Let's not, let's not go crazy here. They are available on Amazon. You can get two snifters for about $20. A little pricey. But if you're going to buy... Buy two of these instead of like ten logo pint glasses, and you'll be you'll be a happy man mm. or a woman. Just no children. This is uh, very. It feels very cold. As I warm it up, I think I'm getting you know a little more hops are coming off of it. The hops, as they are coming across, are coming across kind of earthy, almost like an English-style hop or something like that. There's an interesting kind of melange of flavors going on if you take a sip. It's it's kind of... Hmm. It's a little bit hoppy. Yeah. It's a little bit it's a little bit roasty. It's a little bit country. It's a little bit rock and roll. I've described beers before as, as sometimes there's there's a fight between two sides. But 
here it's more like a a mixture, just sort of a a, a flowing mixture of two things just kind of flowing together. But there is a, this this multi yeah still pancakes maybe like cookies or something like that mm-hmm. uh sweet maltiness is coming through that's playing around with this sharp uh strong bitter hop the hops i think are very much like the um southern cheer ipa i i it just seems familiar it seems like you know, it's, well, it's not the same beer. It seems like it has a lineage to it. You know, it tastes like other hoppy things from Southern Tier. Mm. Hmm. This is a weird show because I expected to have a lot to say. Uh, I <laughs> fantasized outs mm-hmm. and... Uh, you know, I expected that stouts were going to be very expressive. I am having a hard time picking things out of this. Okay, they say on here, they actually say the hops on the label, uh, or on the silk screen rather. So two-row pale malt, de-bittered black malt, and kettle hopped with Chinook and Cascade, hop backed with Willamette, and dry hop with Cascade and Centennial. Okay, I buy it. Yeah. Actually, they're not silk screens anymore. They're oh, they clear. Are they use the silk screen their bottles, but look at this—it's a clear label. Mm. Probably less expensive that way. Oh, look! It has a date of birth: DOB twelve twenty-eight twelve. Not too far from now, so this is a pretty fresh beer. Mm-hmm. I like that DOB. <laughs> it's anthropomorphizing my beer. You're the one who doesn't like anthropomorphizing of things. Like, you don't like it when the Mars rovers tweet and they say, like, I'm doing this. Yeah, I don't like when NASA tweets in the, their, when their devices... Well, if they were actually sending the tweets, if the computer on the device was sending the tweet, I'd be much more okay with first-person tweeting. <laughs> but it's not. It's some guy Goddard pretending to be the yeah. rover, and that's what I have issues with. Although... The next style of game will be a first-person tweeter. (laughs) (laughs) But on anthropomorphizing beer, well, date of birth. I mean, the question, is that that date of birth or date of bottling? Does it matter? Yeah, I think it does. Probably the bottling. Almost certainly the bottling, because this would take two or three weeks in fermentation. But that's the born on date from Budweiser too. So yeah, so when the you know the beer is first able to be drank. I guess it's true. You're you know, we're wasting time on this. No, I guess it's true though. But when you're born, you still live for nine months or so, developing. Mm-hmm. Right, born is when you're just out in the world. So right, born probably works. You know, that's really you know the first day you can be eaten by a predator. So. Mm. <laughs> Independently. Exactly. <laughs> All right. I think we should rank. Yeah. Okay. All right. You went first last time, so I guess that means it's up to me. Okay. Well, 
the the obviously the the big loser here are going to be the Hopping Frogs, uh, and I think that we can, I don't know if we can even say we we can judge the Natasha Rocks. No, we can't. It was ruined. But I I just didn't enjoy the the amateur the uh, the frog hops from amateur. I I couldn't pull things out of it. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 was a mess. It was just a plain old mess. And while it wasn't an undrinkable mess, it wasn't it wasn't very good. And it didn't it it didn't inspire me or anything. I didn't. I don't think. I, I'm I'm just not impressed. I really am. And and it, it's too bad because, like you said, we've had good beers from Hop and Frog before. We've had stuff that tastes pretty good from them. But I don't know what this was. Okay. Okay, so number three. I want you to write this stuff down here. Number three. I'll go with. I'll go with the Rise, the Revolution Brewing, just because. You know what? I, I scratched that. I'll go with the Iniquity. I, I think it's it, it's tasty. Uh, it's uh, it's got some some good stuff going on there, but I I think it it it's only really hurt by flight, and it's hurt by the fact that we had to go through all this stuff to get to it. <laughs> that it it just it, it probably would have would have just been better placed earlier in the show. At this point, it's like oh, thank you for not sucking. Yes. Yeah, and and I don't know if I can you know give it a a, a good honest judge, but uh, the reason why I'm putting it ahead of the rise or I'm putting the rise ahead of it rather is because yeah, as as a stout, I'm kind of unimpressed with the rise. But when Jeff said think of it as an IPA, it it, it kind of changed my perspective. And I said, oh, you know, this is this is pretty good for an IPA. This has good stuff into it. So it's just if you don't think of it as a stout. It rises several levels in my case, in my opinion, and because of that, I think that it's uh, you know it's better than the iniquity, which was okay, which was good, but just not. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anymore. My whole world's crashing down. Out of bounds wins for me. Wasn't my favorite type of stout. None of these are my favorite types of stout, but it was very good. And it had lots of distinctive things about it. And I really love those roasty characters, the roasty stuff that uh, that came out of it. That really, really we didn't get out of any of the other ones. All right. So I'm going to start out much like Greg. I'm going to put the Hoppin' Frog in last place. Uh, I sum up basically exactly what he said, where it's not objectionable, but it's also not enticing. You know, it's perfectly acceptable beer to drink but it's not one to go seek out mm-hmm. um, number three is going to be where are we the iniquity just like Greg it's, it's a good beer it might probably may have suffered by flight order and, and the disasters before it um, perfectly good beer again this one this one you know is a little bit, you know, it's worth a try. It's, uh, it has, you know, interesting hop flavor. It's, um, 
you know, they call it a black ale. It doesn't really taste like a sports beer. It doesn't really taste like mm. black IPA. It, it's, a, it's a little out there in its own thing, and it, it's worth checking out. Now we're getting to the part of the show where you want to pay attention, and that is number two. I'm going to put the Out of Bounds Stout. I really like that stout. It was very comfortable. I use that comfortable word, but I can't think of a better way. To, you know, it's like comfort food. You know, it's just right, like right. good beer. You just like you feel at home with it. And you know, the 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 interesting thing about it, I find, is that it was hoppier than your average stout, but it was well done. And you know, I've had hoppy stouts that just don't fit. You know, a lot of the time I've had hoppy styles that just don't fit. And this one fit. This mm-hmm. one was just enough to be intriguing and like, hey, it fits. That's cool. And um, like it. my favorite beer of the night is going to be the Revolution. It is a very well done black IPA. Um, you know, they use roast barley, so they call it a stout. But blind, Jeff, you pick this category, black IPA. It had huge hop flavors up front any roast or you know chocolate came much much later but it was a it fit together really well for me i've had a bunch of black ipas that like there was a long time when brewers were still trying to figure out how to make the style that i just didn't get the style i'm like it's not a style for me the best black ipa in the world is not as good as you know, a mediocre IPA. You know, that's kind of what I felt for a very long time. Um, but, you know, since then, I've had some very good black IPAs, and this is one of them. Very good, even though they call it an American stout. Call it whatever you will. If you're looking for a really good black IPA, go for the uh, the rise from Revolution. Sounds good to me. Well, that uh, that completes yet another journey into the vast world of beer which we will hopefully continue doing for a long, long time, thanks to your support. Tune into the post-show for another journey into the disgusting psyches of Greg and Jeff. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't want to know, but if you do, it's all laid out to bear. <laughs> we don't hold anything back. And you can reach us at craftbeerradio.com, beercraftbeerradio.com. Uh, at Jeff Bear on Twitter. At CBR Greg. At Craft Beer Radio. We are on Google+, Facebook, and we are uh, released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. We have our affiliate links. Please go use those. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Craft Beer Radio. We really do appreciate it. And manamana, everybody. Manamana. Manamana. <laughs>